Today's Tech Bytes podcast explores new features in Prisma SD-WAN 5.5 from Palo Alto Networks, and you may have guessed Palo Alto is our sponsor for this episode. New features include things like event correlation and analysis, improved stats and analytics dashboards, and the ability to export telemetry to third-party devices and service. We're also going to talk about how all these features augment and extend Prisma SD-WAN's AI ops capabilities. And our guest from Palo Alto Networks is Bill Prude. He's Senior Product Manager for SD-WAN. Bill, welcome to the podcast. So let's start with the, the first feature I mentioned, event correlation. What kind of events, what are they being correlated with and, and why bring this into an SD-WAN product? So thanks, Drew, for the question there. So we're, we're making quite a few improvements in the realm of uh, event correlation through use of machine learning and AI ops. So one of the things that we're doing is, you know, starting with what, what our customers asked us to do many years ago. The, one of the early promises of SD-WAN was to deliver uh, more information, not just about the network and centralized information, but also about the application performance and user experience. Mm-hmm. So we did what our customers asked very early on. And then after they we gave them what they asked for, they said, wow, this is a lot of information. How do we deal with this? <laughs> so we're following oh, up. those customers. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> So, so we're following up on that. They said, okay, you gave me, gave me too much. Now, now take some of it back. So this, uh, we actually started a project last year where we, we released our first iteration of our event correlation engine. And that took some really low-hanging fruit as far as being able to sift out a lot of the, the noise, filter out the noise and really just provide a very pointed set of of root causes uh, for certain use cases. So we're continuing that project uh, here in our spring release. We're adding some additional uh, event correlation rules. So these leverage supervised machine learning. We're we're taking and, and training the machine learning engine on another specific set of use cases uh, where we can filter out the noise and again, give the customer a root problem. So this is the next phase of that project was actually a multi-release project. So with Prisma Access Release 5.5, we're continuing with our our three main tenants of autonomous, app-defined, and cloud-delivered as part of the Prisma SD-WAN product. Uh, Specifically in this release, we're focusing on autonomous, where we want to take uh, a lot of that heavy lifting that the network administrator does uh, and uh, you know move that operational burden uh, in, into our system right so we can take and present the administrator with a, um, a you know a set of root cause problems versus making them uh, sift through all of the, the the base level issues that exist in the network mm. I think it's interesting from a if we sort of take a step back that software defined when has gotten traction with customers so quickly that it's actually getting a hold of people. And they're actually also partly because of the pandemic, but partly because we want more than we've already got. Once you've solved the WAN problem, you know, the router connecting to the WAN was always so difficult and painful and couldn't be changed. And we were scared of changing it. As soon as you've got a software appliance, it becomes obvious that security is a big thing, right? And that's where the sassy idea came from. But it was also who gets to access this SD-WAN, because then all of a sudden it becomes this merger of the campus and the branch, right? Yeah, that's right. The network has definitely be- become more homogenous, right, where we gather telemetry, you know, across multiple points in the network. So that, that being proactive in how we gather that information and filter it out and provide uh, that to the, the user in a consumable way is really, really important. 
Can you give me an example of kind of events that you'd be pulling together for me? So is it something to do with like maybe the throughput I'm seeing on the link uh, aligned with some kind of application response time, that kind of thing? What are we talking about with event correlation? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So what we do is we, we take in, it could be events from multiple different systems. So um, one, one root cause problem can trigger off, could be you know 10 or 100 or maybe even a thousand different individual problems in the network. Uh, they could be related to connectivity uh, and or response at a, at a network or application layer. So what we do is we, we actually proactively look, we take all of those things uh, in real time and we'll say, okay, all these things appear to be related. And with some level of confidence, we'll, sit, we'll give the user an alarm that says, okay, you have all these things here that are related. Here's what we feel with a high level of confidence is the actual problem going on. Mm-hmm. So it's what we would do looking through logs years ago. We would look through you know hundreds of lines of logs on a router. Now we can take that and automate that process in a, you know, in a software-defined world and provide a root cause. Okay, I get it. So instead of a thousand alarms going off of me having to try to figure out what's the root cause, you're taking all that data, munging it, and doing running it through some machine learning algorithms to say, based on our experience, we think root cause is X. That's correct. There's a unique thing here too, is that a lot of people have actually been doing this, taking logs from their network and feeding it into a general purpose logging tool. Mm-hmm. And either A, not looking at it at all and just having it there, or maybe every now and then running a report looking for stuff, but it's sort of casual there are some logging systems that sort of say we've got smarts to analyze the logs for you. And what they're really just doing is some simple, basic pattern matching. So you, if you have a, a generic logging tool in your IT infrastructure somewhere, um, you can do that. What we're talking about here is a dedicated networking AI, you know, a machine learning driven type tool that knows what networking logs should look like and can actively tell you from a networking perspective. It's not some general purpose log going, you know, heuristically analyzing and going like, oh, you've had a hundred of the same log alert. Maybe you should do something about that. It's much more like, oh, this is an access. This is definitely a security problem. This person should not be trying to authenticate 75 times from a single location. Exactly right. And that's where the supervised versus unsupervised part of machine learning comes in. Mm-hmm. So for the supervised component is where we we give the problem a label and we say, when you see these conditions, this is the likely outcome. And unsupervised, uh, what you, you talked about was a generic systems that can analyze this and say, hey, here's something that occurred or some type of occurrence we've noticed, but they don't really know what the problem is. Since we know the, uh, the SD-WAN system, we know the network very well. We can tell the system ahead of time, when you see these conditions, this is what the problem actually is. So continuing the enhancements in our AI ops area for this release, we're actually not just introducing what we call system rules or system uh, machine learning rules, but also introducing an event policy framework where we give the administrator ultimate control over uh, alerting. So we allow them to, number one, take in any type of alert, either one that we're automatically aggregating and providing to them as as a root cause type issue, uh, or maybe it's just a base level alarm that goes off. We allow the, the customer to take that alarm and basically do multiple things with it. So first of all, they can take and adjust the priority. So we're introducing a concept of customer priority where they can adjust the priority from level P5 to P1 based upon uh, their you know, importance in the network. That will, of course, inside of our product, will change colors on, on the map and alarms and different, different parts of the system that'll, that'll show up. 
So you're sort of signaling to the supervised AI that these are things that are important. You're, because it's not uh, – sometimes we talk about AI ops as if it's like this mystical, magical, fantastical thing that just suddenly works things out. And I think in time we might get closer to that. But what you're really doing is sending a signal to the to the algorithm to say this is important or key or critical, watch this more closely or apply some level of importance. Is that what's happening? That's correct. Yeah. So, so then that way, when the system finds that event again, and, and depending on what your your next steps and your operational continuum are, uh, you can then follow up with the appropriate action outside of the system, taking whatever actions are appropriate for the system to take. It's also a sense of ownership. It doesn't leave the operate like the system totally doing its own thing. You're still spending time knowing what's going on, which I think operationally remains important. The temptation to just walk away and go, oh, it's fine, you know, it's, that's important. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, early on, we were accused of um, of fixing the network or, or moving the user experience uh, around problems uh, too well, and they hmm. wouldn't know when an actual network issue was occurring. So now we're following <laughs> up with the ability to, uh, to actually see that and get notified on it uh, when oh, necessary. Oh, we were so good we had to dial it back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a humble brag right there. Yeah, humble brag. Wow, a slick, right. slick humble bragging right there. Yeah. 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 And on top of that, we actually introduced a couple more components that we, where the user can actually instruct the machine learning engine, right? They can actually give a conditional set of uh, of criteria, whether that be uh, any object in the system, a site, a device, uh, a network, a circuit, uh, things like that, where they can actually uh, suppress alarms based mm. upon their own operational preferences. They can escalate alarms. So you tell the system, if you see these conditions on these things uh, for a certain amount of time, I need to know about it if it's occurring for longer than 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever your operational preferences are. So really important to allow you to tune the exactly what you want to see from the network from, from an alerting perspective, uh, you can get that. And then one more final component that we introduced, which is um, one of those nagging things that's always hard uh, as, a, as a network practitioner to be able to identify are flapping events, things that occur for a second or five seconds uh, and maybe occur once every 30 minutes or an hour. So we introduced as part of this update as well, the ability to identify flapping conditions. And these are all uh, user tunable. So you can say on these set of things, when this other set of things occur, these events occur, Occur, um, tell me if this occurs, you know, more than X time in, in minutes, right? So you set the parameters of which you want to know when something is flapping, the system will do that for you and give you a special alert that says, hey, for example, um, your internet circuit at your corporate headquarters has went up and down three times in the past 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means I can then raise a case with my service provider. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And that's that's the next part of kind of the operational continuum is we uh, tie in with uh, several third-party systems through our CloudBlades, uh, in particular, as an example, uh, ServiceNow. So we have a ServiceNow CloudBlade integration. And CloudBlades are just a, an abstract platform where we execute uh, code that's really disjoint from both our development lifecycle and ServiceNow's lifecycle so that we can take and do independent upgrades to make sure that we're always uh, taking into account uh, the, the changes in APIs and versions and specs uh, of either product at any given time. So one of those is our ServiceNow CloudBlade, where we take an event uh, after you've done all the, the systems and all the pre-filtering, filter out the noise, and you tell it, you know, hey, here's what's important. That can then be imported into ServiceNow uh, and maybe at a, whatever priority you deem appropriate. And then that kicks off a workflow in ServiceNow, right? If you have a priority one issue, then 
that may kick off a certain workflow where automatically a supervisor is notified in the operations hmm. center. And so it gets immediate attention. So I guess the, the 5.5 release also has done some other things, including improvements on stats and analytics dashboards. Can you give us an example? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of continuing the operational improvement theme, uh, we wanted to reorganize the information that we gather, which is really a massive amount of telemetry about the networks and the user experience. We wanted to provide some additional views. So we did a little bit of retooling to give a, a circuit level view of a site and just kind of give you an ability to, in one single viewpoint in the network or in the system, to be able to see uh, what's my consumed bandwidth over time, uh, what is my uh, actual measured, passively measured bandwidth, my, my good put, as it were, uh, mm -hmm. at the site, along with my configured bandwidth. So I can kind of see those, those three metrics in one location. Uh, without the need to click around. And there's just really a general optimization. And that, that's kind of a, uh, you know, a it builds upon some of our other things where we, we kind of help you identify, you know, great issues, right? Uh, proactively, maybe give you alerts where you need to upgrade a circuit. This is just kind of a base view to help you help, you know, from an administrator standpoint, be able to identify those types of issues. Uh, and I also understand you have augmented the device's ability to export device telemetry. So if I want to feed something to a third party um, target, I can do so. In about, I would say, 90% of our deployments, uh, the customer will move away from whatever system they have to, to monitor their, their net flow that they've used historically. And the reason is we have uh, provided them a really rich set of analytics natively in the Prisma SD-WAN portal that allow you to go beyond network into application experience and really just kind of a, a, you know, a big, broad set of things that we can show the customer. Um, for that remaining 10%, and, and for, in many cases, those are customers with very large networks where they have, you know, big data centers with lots of switches, uh, lots of SD-WAN devices. They have lots of servers and, and SANs and all kinds of pieces of equipment that aren't just WAN related. So for those, they have, you know, the, the commonly available systems that, you know, have been around for years. Uh, and they use those to collect telemetry and have that one central operational dashboard. So for those environments, what we're doing is really going from a basic, you know, NetFlow V5 set of capabilities and bringing those third parties uh, into feature parity with our portal. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that people still want to do NetFlow. I think the challenge here is that people still want to do what they want to do. They're not necessarily going to be all in with what the what Palo wants to give you, like as part of the, the Prisma SD-WAN is that here are the features. And for most people, I think they actually want what you give them. But when you want something that's not in the package, NetFlow kind of solves that problem. Is that right? That's right. NetFlow or IP fix does solve that problem. So yeah. that and combined with, you know, basic SNMP polling help you, you know, solve those, uh, those gaps for sure. And I think the other part about this is it's also a recognition that maybe you've got some other infrastructure, maybe you're migrating from something to SD-WAN and you need to monitor both in a unified way, perhaps. And having one tool to monitor everything is actually a useful feature. Absolutely. Yes. And we, we recognize the importance of that and, uh, you know, in our customers network for sure. And that's why we've invested um, pretty significantly in bringing our ability to export information yeah. uh, about the system um, up to parity with our native portal. And the other useful thing about NetFlow is you can either do it in-house or you can export to a cloud-based service these days too. 
So you can actually have this SD-WAN idea that everything's cloud-managed and cloud-operated, centrally managed to control. And there is a, a matching service where you can actually send it to some third-party collector who's actually in the cloud. So infinite scale, infinite storage, in inverted commas, you know, and so forth. So it's actually... That's a useful way to think about NetFlow and why you might want it, even if you're thinking, oh, but I can get everything I want in SD-WAN. And um, what third-party collectors are you supporting specifically? Yeah, so um, in, in this first phase, we're supporting uh, three third-party collectors, and those are uh, Live Action, Plixer, and Orion. Uh, those are three of the very commonly used ones. We've had relationships with folks there for for many years, and um, you know they they provide a rich set of analytics. Again, not just at a at a basic network level, but they have you know advanced integration to be able to take in our application statistics around uh, round trip times and server response times uh, and codec information and all those rich things that that we export uh, and natively into our controller. Uh, we're going to export those things to them as well, and they have the capabilities to take that information information, ingest it, and actually present it in a meaningful way to the consumer. Well, that just about comes to an end for today, uh, this Tech Bytes with Palo Alto Networks. Bill, is there anything that you wanted to tell people about? Yeah, we have an upcoming webcast, really deep dive on these topics coming up at Thursday, April 15th. The webcast is available at go.paloaltonetworks.com forward slash AIOps. And so if I want to see what this AI ops looks like, you can probably get along to that and actually see more, get more of the inside running of what that looks like. And Bill, if people need to get more information and perhaps from you, can they find you on the internet? Yes. So on Twitter, my handle is at BillCGX. And on LinkedIn, I am Bill J. Pruitt. Of course, you can harass your reseller for more Palo Alto Prisma SD-WAN products. And if you're interested in that, I'm sure your reseller would be pleased to help you. Thanks so much to Bill for joining us today. And thanks to Palo Alto Networks for being a sponsor. If you enjoyed this episode and you want even more deeply nerdy, weird content like this for free, you can subscribe on any of your favorite podcatchers as just by searching up Packet Pushes and selecting Tech Bytes or the Network Break. As always, you can follow us on Twitter as well as at Packet Pushes. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.